Hey, welcome to Educate for Life with Ryan Francis. Let's get right into it. What's up, everybody? So before I jump into the final episode with Rhonda here and we wrap our conversation about leadership, I just wanted to give everyone a heads up that, uh, as I mentioned a couple months ago, I will be um, changing the title of the podcast in your feed. So right now it says Life Coaching with Ryan. I noticed that when I changed it over to its new name, Educate for Life, some people didn't seem to know that it was live. So I wanted to give you a two-week heads up here. I'll remind you again next week that it's going to be titled Educate for Life with Ryan Francis. So with that, I hope you are having a wonderful day and please enjoy the end of my conversation with Rhonda. So as we kind of start to to wrap here, I thought it would be interesting, at least for me, because for realsies, <laughs> as much as I would love all the stuff to be universally applicable to all situations in life, I'm I'm curious about a few things from your experience, specifically in in the professional world. And I think this would be valuable both for employees and employers to kind of understand. Um, even in talking about leadership and management, I think there tends to be a very, again, a romanticization of leadership and a kind of pejorative commentary on management, that somehow management is inherently negative and leadership is, is inherently good. And, and in my own experience, it's really not true because sometimes as a leader, making the hard decision is making a management style decision is is setting a, an expectation and holding people to it in a way that doesn't necessarily feel good. And also, I think it's important to acknowledge this kind of rocket fuel idea of the integrator and the visionary, and that the integrator is a far less pejorative way to talk about management. And so just as we kind of look at this field of visionaries and integrators, and we look at um, the need for leaders to manage and managers to lead. I'm kind of wondering just generally where you fall on that spectrum before I ask any more specific questions. Like what's your perspective (laughs) on that field? Uh, I am a leader. Yeah. Right. Um, One of the managers serve a function. Right, mm-hmm. we can't we can't have all um, leaders. We we need detailed people. We need you know we need the people to run the Excel spreadsheets and say, look, here's the reality. Yeah. To me, and that's why my past boss that was him. He was the bean counter. He was the behind. He was everything. Yeah. My job would to be go in and he would say to me, he says, okay, this is what has to happen. Mm -hmm. My job was to take that information and present it Mm -hmm. to my team in a way that got buy-in that we were able to accomplish what the manager needed done. Yes, so that, that is all part of being an effective leader. It is not going to your team and say, that idiot in that corner office, you know what he wants us to do? Right. It's coming into them 
not even talking about that person and say, okay, so we've got something new here that we need to work on. And this is what we're, this is what we're going to do. That the best companies have the leaders and the managers appreciate and accepting each other's strengths and positions and responsibilities and working together so that you can affect whatever change needs to happen for the benefit of the company. Because the bottom line is if the company isn't doing well, everybody's job is at risk. Right. Right. Straight up. You know, you do as a leader, you can't discount that information. You have to accept. Having said all that, as part of your job as a leader Mm -hmm. is to advocate Mm -hmm. and fight for Mm -hmm. the rights, the responsibilities, all of that of the team of people that you lead. You Mm -hmm. don't get to be a doormat. You don't get to lay down Mm -hmm. and just take whatever comes. You have to stand up and say, okay, I don't agree with that. Let's have a discussion. You have to be willing to put yourself out there and figure out, um, you know, push back and see, okay, how, how, how definite are they about this change? I'm going to push back. You know, Mm -hmm. if they waffle, if we can compromise or do whatever, okay, then great. And then you come back. Mm -hmm. But as a, as a, what I believe an effective leader is you are holding management accountable mm-hmm. or considering your team of people mm-hmm. in their decision-making process right. of whatever it is, whatever change they think they, they want. This is, this is what I'm so glad I asked this question because th- this is what's so interesting about organizational structure, right? I perceive, right, and I thought my perception was fairly universal, but you have clearly proven th- that my vision was inaccurate. <laughs> in, in my, and this is why I love these conversations so much. In, in my experience, it is typical that there is a leader and a manager under them. And you just described a scenario where there's a manager and a leader under them. And what's so interesting because, you know, we've been exposed through Amy Porterfield, um, who's our teacher, mm-hmm. to this idea of rocket fuel and visionaries and integrators, which she, of course, mm-hmm. got from others herself. Um, it is, again, typical that the visionary has an integrator who manages parts of their business for them so they can focus on the mm-hmm. vision. Mm-hmm. So... I myself, like when I took my little rocket fuel quiz of whether I'm a visionary or an integrator, I knew I was going to be split between the two. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to be 50-50. It was going to be more visionary than integrator. But I have had clear experiences in my life, like in my most recent educational, you know, as, as a teacher at the, my most recent school, um, where I was a leader under the leader. And I was a visionary under the visionary. And I mm-hmm. also had to have integrator characteristics in order to fulfill her vision, my boss's vision, but then also to lead and manage my team. Mm-hmm. So this was, again, me talking about 
me bringing vision to my boss as well. There was definitely yeah. uh, two-way communication there. Um, and two-way communication with my team and allowing them, you know, encouraging them to be leaders and et cetera, et cetera. So this could be a much longer conversation. But the reason I'm highlighting it now is that I think that this line between managers and leaders is kind of a false dichotomy because it really comes down to how you operate in your organization. Because again, in your example, which I think is an outlier for the manager to be in charge and have a leader underneath them uh, is so fascinating. It's like you're a reverse integrator. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the boss kind of has a vision, but more has a checklist. And you're yeah. able to translate that checklist into like kind of round it out into a vision and, and deliver it to people so that they can execute on it. Like to me, that yeah. idea is so fascinating. Well, and, and I mean, he, he definitely, um, I would, if, if you had to say who was the visionary, him or me, it was absolutely him. Mm -hmm. he, he saw the big picture. He knew where, where he wanted to go, mm -hmm. but where his strength was, was in the analytical. Yeah. It was on the devising. It was the, the seeing clearly what needed to happen. Mm -hmm. His wasn't with the people. <laughs> right. right. And so I was I was the defense line, you know, and I was the conduit between the two because mm. I was for the people. Right. I mean, we we would have heated discussions about things that he wanted to do and where he wanted to go. Mm -hmm. I also was a really good soldier. I would I would fight, I would vocalize, I would disagree, I'd whatever. Mm -hmm. And by the end of it, we would come to the conclusion of, okay, so this is how we're moving forward. And you would make and it out. In his office and my desk, I would mm -hmm. formulate the presentation right. of, okay, this is, what we, this is what we needed to do. Right. Um, I talk in my course a lot of being an advocate. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it, to me, it's, a, it's an important part of Absolutely. being a leader to advocate for people and not just things that affect the team as a whole. But if you've got somebody on your team, that's a, that's a really efficient, effective, um, has so much potential and all the rest of it advocating for their advancement. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's important. I, I take great, I'm going to, I'm going to use the word pride. Mm. Uh, I, I don't like that word, um, but, uh, but I can't come up with it. satisfaction. Yeah. Might be the, maybe the better word. When I um, decided to go the people gardening route and I was getting my website and everything together, I emailed a bunch uh, from my team, like mm. the, the I, I worked with and the, to um, write testimonials for me from my, from my web. That's lovely. And they did, they may, all made me cry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but I think that the, the overarching was number one, that I was a fearless leader, mm. that, that they knew that I would challenge 
if something needed to be challenged, that I, I wasn't going to back down, that I would, that I would do what I could to, to help. And the other was uh, to help them believe in themselves and find their voice. Yep. And huge part of leadership it is developing people, helping yeah. people to actually get to a place where it's like, wow, I am good at this and I can do that and feel good about what, they've con- what they're contributing. Totally. Well, just before we wrap up, I want to do one hot seat moment. Um, <laughs> And that is, um, you know, I, I love your gardening metaphors. Like talking about transplanting and, and I heard you talking on car thoughts with David and your, you know, your guest spot with him, um, about, uh, weeding and that sometimes you, that weeding is, is your metaphor for uh, eliminating gossip. Yeah. Um, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, now as I'm saying these things out loud, I'm coming up with my own metaphor for this, um, but that's like where what's your what's your gardening metaphor for having to fire someone? Because I think it terminating employees is a real thing that has to happen sometimes. Just like terminating someone in your life, ending a friendship is something that has to happen sometimes. Um, or at least that's my perspective, is that it has to happen sometimes if you want to have, you know, be health in a healthier spot and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, I was like, hmm, I've heard her all talk about all these really supportive things, but what is her perspective on termination? <laughs> it's called pruning. Okay. But it was so, so what's yeah. interesting to me is like, it's not, and, and now I'm, I may be quibbling. So please excuse me if I am. Um, but to yeah. me, I, I think of pruning as altering behaviors, like helping someone like that plant kind of yeah. alter their behavior. But sometimes what I'm wondering about is the more like just straight up uprooting the plant and not transplanting it in your garden. Maybe you transplant it to another garden or you <laughs> hand it to someone else. You know, in that, in that context, context, it would be just simply digging it up and throwing it away. Yeah. You know, it's uh, putting it, putting it out. But, but the other thing that can happen and this is what's so interesting about the, the gardening metaphor, is that person that needs to exit the building mm. didn't always need to exit the building. Mm. They, they may have performed. They might have been there for years. They might have been there for months. They performed. They did. There were things that they were good at, things that they weren't good at. So you may opt to put them in the compost pile yeah. because there was things that are, are good that they contributed mm. that could actually feed the, the soil that you've got there mm. in your garden. But if there's any type of, of really toxic disease kind of stuff, no, in the garbage. In the garbage. So, so with, with your four pillars and or if we add my fifth of vulnerability which yeah. if you integrate into care for you yeah. how would you address that termination because even like i'm i'm processing your kind of compost idea and i'm thinking well is compost like they're still there but how are they still there but they don't have their job like i'm trying to process how can you with care 
Like, is it just a matter of approaching the termination of someone with care? Like, oh, like how, how would you, have you had to fire people? Like, how, how did you go about yeah. doing that? Yeah, the, it all goes back to clarity. Caring about every single person. There wasn't one person on my team that didn't know where they stood with me. Yeah. And the performance of their job. Nobody's firing should be a surprise. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Right. Everybody. Right. 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 Because right. If, if you're giving timely feedback all the time mm-hmm. and you care about them doing a good job and performing well, if they are consistently not changing their behaviors, changing their processes, whatever it is, you have to consistently give the feedback that you're not unhappy. And then you start that process. If this happens again, then this is what's right. going to happen. So there's total clarity. There's, it is this big, horrible deal. Yeah. It doesn't have to be emotional. No, it's there. Yeah. I I just think that's so critical because I have been in environments where people were let go or asked to leave. And and in my opinion, when I was watching it happen, I'm going, this is not the way to do this. This is going to become an emotional thing that doesn't need to be an emotional thing. And I think that lack of care, vulnerability, expect you know clarity of expectations a consistency of behavior um that that so that everyone is on the same page i got the impression that was lacking and as someone who is a heart-centered individual while i may not make all of my decisions appear heart-centered um that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that that care like i the the idea of agape for those who are not familiar that love of your fellow man again i'm going to do a whole other separate conversation about this about love being a choice. There was a point in my life where I started to love to the best of my ability <clears throat> every human on the planet. Right? Even people that like some people might say, "Oh, like how could you love someone like President Trump? He's so despicable." You could find something to love about Trump. Yeah. It's it is possible. It is possible to have compassion and love for someone who you disagree with vehemently and deep. Yeah. It is in fact possible. So as someone who feels that way and connects that way with people, and I look at a at, at a at a termination situation, I think people can confuse termination with dislike. Mm-hmm. Oh. And that's true when you eliminate people in your life as well. Like I can love you and choose to never speak to you again. Mm-hmm. I can make that decision. I have developed the capacity to love you and never see you again for the rest of my life. I used to right? say that to children when they were little, you know what? I love you to death, but I sure mm-hmm. don't like how you're behaving. Mm-hmm. I sure don't like gratitude today, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they're not mutually exclusive like you can you can you can have 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 both and i i go back to the termination should absolutely never be a surprise right period and it doesn't need to be a feeling of personal rejection i guess is part of also what i'm processing here to the point about the child you don't have to say like child you're behaving poorly and therefore i don't love you you could say i accept you for who you are and i'm not enjoying this experience we're having together right now which i did as a classroom teacher i have more than once just looked at ken and be like look i'm doing my best to stay calm right now this is my moment of vulnerability like i need to let you know i'm losing it in my head right now 
<laughs> I respect you and I care for you. So I'm not going to lose it on you. But it is important for you to understand that is the emotional place that I am in right now. I take responsibility for it. But I would really appreciate if you would behave a different way right now so we can have a positive interaction. And the number of times the kid was just like, blink, blink. Yeah, I can do that, Ryan. <laughs> Boom, you completely transform the experience. It does not have to be about personal rejection. When someone's fired, it doesn't have to be, I fucking hate you, you asshole. It can just be like, look, this is not a good fit. <laughs> yeah. We've yeah. made it clear. I'm not, this isn't coming out of nowhere, like you said. This is coming out of nowhere. And sometimes... Also, I'm going to say, frankly, for my own personal experiences, sometimes you just got to be like, look, I know no amount of explanation is going to make you feel better about this. This still has to yeah. end. Yeah. It still has yeah. to end. This is, this is what it is. You know, it's like people talk about firing their clients or, fi- you know, firing their friends, whatever else. It's the same thing. It's like sometimes this is just not working and it just, it needs to be, it needs to be done. It doesn't have to and be I, like, I, I don't like you. I can love you and still be like, this isn't working. Yeah. And I think that the the whole employment scene is moving towards the direction of helping people understand that there are going to be times when the fit isn't good. And, and it's okay. You know, for years, if you got fired from your job, right, you were like, whoa, what a loser, you know, mm-hmm. kind of. But the reality is... Yeah there's there's fits and there's not fits and yeah. you're far better off to move on if it's not a fit for everybody for yeah. everybody like again sometimes people think that compassion means just being all feeling for someone it's like no sometimes compassion is just cutting off the diseased <laughs> limb right yeah. it's like no 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 like this is good this is better for everyone if we if we just like you you will find a place to be happier elsewhere than here and you may not feel that way now and i accept that however yeah this is still this is this is the compassionate decision this is the genuinely beneficial decision you know I wasn't always like, you know, super soft and squishy with my students, but not being squishy, as you said, sometimes you hold the line, that is the most compassionate thing you can possibly do is to hold the line. Well, are there, are there any last thoughts that you have any like major takeaways from this conversation or anything you would say to kind of wrap it up, put a bow on it? I think for for people that um, are aspiring to be leaders in the workplace, mm. all right, like I, that's kind of where my my thinking is right right now. Uh, it is to to immerse yourself in gaining insight, gaining knowledge, um, maybe even understanding of self-awareness, of of really, you know, digging in a little bit there. Also, uh, start learning and understanding emotional intelligence, because that is huge. Uh, Being in control of your thought and your emotion, your behavior Mm -hmm. as a leader is critical. It's just like you were talking in the classroom, your head, you're ready to explode, but your outward demeanor, you keep it even and balanced Mm -hmm. as a a leader. There is one lady that I would advocate for everyone to follow. She's the chief heart officer at Vayner Media. Mm -hmm. 
And it's at Claude Silver, C-L-A-U-D-E Silver, uh, on Instagram. She's got lots of great um, stuff to share. Uh, And Simon Sinek Mm -hmm. is another person to follow. Dan Shaw. you. Yeah, yeah. Well, fine. Yeah, you can read I will book. plug you and <laughs> Rhonda Delaney, the people gardener. You should follow yeah. her as yeah. well. I know I cut yeah. you off with this other third person you so, were saying, but I think it was important to insert you in there. And now you can talk yeah. about Dan Shore or whoever. Well, he wrote a just came out with a book. It was a 10 year study um, about humans, about the workplace and whatnot. It's called Back to Human. Mm. And it's a fascinating book, basically, you know, the human interaction and the connection and, and how people are just so lonely and they're not fulfilled in their job. And there's just a lot, a lot in there. Uh, for myself, my journey has been a lot of reading, a lot of courses, a lot of seminars, you know, spending time with people and interacting and gaining experience. And th- those for that would probably benefit the most from my, from my course are, are those that are just starting out, right? They could be mm-hmm. 25, 28, 30. They don't have the life experience, mm-hmm. right, to, to draw on in a lot of scenarios, and they don't have any support. Um, often what happens in, in, in the smaller companies is you've got – People that excelled at a task and somebody noticed them excelling at this task and decided, oh, great, you need to manage this department. They don't know anything about managing people. They fall flat on their face. They hate their job. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what to do. Not everyone's a teacher. No. And so there's a, there's a lot of people that are in that, in that situation. So yeah, I, for me, it's just encouraging expose your yourself to many different disciplines and thoughts and um, just to just absorb and yeah. get out there and observe nature. Mm. Nature is a phenomenal teacher. Truly. <laughs> well, I, I would uh, simply add uh, or, or rather highlight two things that you said. One, uh, talking about the classroom and how you show up. Um, I'm fond of saying, and I often say that classroom management is self-management and this leadership is no different. Leadership is self-leadership. You know, you first. Whenever possible, to the extent that you are consciously capable, you first. You figure yourself out first. You adjust your attitude first. Now, to be clear, again, that doesn't mean there should not be boundaries. That doesn't mean that caring means letting people bleed all over you. It does, the boundaries are important. Boundaries are valuable. This is where we go back to the balance conversation, right? This is why, again, that self-knowledge that you des- described is so critical because when you have that knowledge of self, then you're not spending all this time questioning yourself. You're not spending all this time being insecure and, and unconfident for it's a terrible word, but you you understand what I mean. You know, yeah. you're, you're able to walk with confidence and clarity. And when you make yeah. a mistake, you because of that confidence and clarity, you're able to own it and own move it. forward and grow. And this this cycle of your own growth then encourages growth in your team. 
Um, and whether this is your team of friends around you, whether this is the team of your, your immediate blood family or maybe not blood family, adopted family, whatever the circumstance may be, your nuclear family, or whether it's the workplace, whatever, it does not matter. Your relationship with yourself, this is all the same thing. When, you, when you're able to work on this stuff within yourself, the leader is the one who goes first, right? You, you go first. You know yourself. Um, and that, that, that the capacity for acceptance and change and growth. And, and there's way more in my head about that, but I am not going to keep you for another hour and a half just to, <laughs> just to satisfy my desire to talk about, uh, talk about all this crap more. I can, I can yammer on, uh, on Instagram live about that. Well, I am going to link your masterclass and I know there's a, a, a final masterclass day. So I'll, I'll put that in the show notes too, in case someone listens to this like a year from now, they're not trying to go to a masterclass that isn't there. Um, yeah. but I think for people that are curious about understanding your philosophy a little bit more, it'd be great for them to spend a little more time with you. Um, are there any other relevant social places, you know, social media or whatever else they can, they can find you, website, things like that? Yeah, website, rondadelaney.com. So um, I've been writing blo- a blog post every week since uh, last summer. So there's lots right. of good information uh, in there to help uh, people as far as leadership is concerned. And uh, on Facebook, I'm at the People Gardener as well. So they can find me there. And then I'm on LinkedIn as Rhonda Delaney. Yeah, I understand your LinkedIn is fairly is, is thriving in crazy, ridiculous ways. I, I have never gotten into LinkedIn. So if there are any any listeners who are really into that, go find Rhonda. I, I hear she posts a lot and does some really cool stuff yeah. over there. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, so your course, Leaders Grow First, and talking about the four pillars of leadership mm-hmm. and your Instagram. And I got to get you to hang out with me live on Instagram at some point just to kind of... Yeah shoot the shit about some stuff. and I need to, I need to get, get doing some lives on Instagram. <laughs> hey, man, I, I will be that I, person. You can encourage me to write blog posts and I'll encourage you to get on Instagram Live. We'll okay, very good, very good. Awesome, I, thank I, you. I do my Facebook Live every Wednesday at four o'clock Pacific time. Okay. So I'm, I'm there consistently, but I haven't uh, started on the Instagram yet. It's all good. I've only gone live on my Facebook I think once, <clears throat> maybe, <laughs> maybe, no, maybe twice. Uh, I mean, I, I went live in our group, of course. I, I made myself an obnoxious fool for fun uh, in right. our group, and I had <laughs> lots of fun doing that. I got no problem doing that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we'll, we, maybe we'll find a, a time, an opportunity to hang out on, on Instagram sometime. Very good. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Fun. Thanks for hanging out. Hey again, thanks for listening. If you want more goodness, come hang out with me on Instagram at educate for underscore life. That's educate, the number four, underscore life. I jump on almost every day and go live once per week to answer questions and just talk about what's on my mind. We've got some cool stuff coming down the pipe, so expect some announcements in the near future. And with that, I hope you have a great week. Talk with you soon.